When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020. This is the Truth Hurts program. As I keep an eye on the Gulf of Mexico, watching two tropical systems heading directly for Louisiana, I remember back to a time when I first started doing disaster consulting work and some of the first times I ever got to see the Weather Channel. I often wonder if people, especially famous people or sort of famous people, truly understand just really how stupid they can appear when they're doing some of the things they do, especially when they're on camera. I cite for you today's prime example one James Cantori, better known as Jim Cantori on the Weather Channel. Time and time again we've seen old Jimmy Boy hanging onto a street sign or a telephone pole for dear life as the wind pounds him during hurricanes. It's his trademark. It's what he's most famous for. And also, time and time again, we see frail elderly couples on leisurely strolls in the background, seemingly unaffected by the wind that looks as like it's about to carry old Jimmy Boy away into oblivion. I had the pleasure, if you will, of meeting Jim Cantori at a few different storm conferences over the years. He seems like a nice guy, I guess, in public. But I also personally know of a few of Jim's colleagues from the Weather Channel who tell a much different story about Mr. Cantori. A former colleague of Jim's who left the Weather Channel years ago to become the chief meteorologist at a New Orleans television news station said that Jim's ego was massive and that he had Napoleon complex in the worst way. What's Napoleon complex, you ask? Better known as short man syndrome. Think about any guy you know that's short, let's say shorter than five foot six. They are, for the most part, cocky little fake tough guys. When you put those cocky little fake tough guys in charge of something, they can become complete and total ass hats. My weatherman friend, let's call him Carl, worked at the Weather Channel during Hurricane Gilbert way back in 1988. I was kind of impressed because Carl was giving the forecast track of the storm both in English and then in Spanish. Evidently, Jim didn't appreciate being upstaged by Carl, so he demanded more airtime, and they gave it to him. He would call Carl in twice an hour to basically translate Jim's insights into Spanish. Jim, being a short fellow, reportedly demanded that either the cameraman be shorter than him so as to make Jim appear taller, or that the cameraman use flattering angles when showing him on screen. He also would reportedly stand on a box when interviewing people that were taller than him and demand the cameraman keep that box out of frame. He reportedly said it was more appealing to see the weather master eye to eye with those he interviewed. 
You may have heard the term compensating pickup truck. You know, that guy who buys the big four-wheel drive pickup truck and jacks it up eight inches on a frame lift and puts those massive tires on it. They say he's compensating for something. Jim decided to start working out at one point, started wearing really tight shirts on the television screen so people would see that he was buff. Who cares? Report the weather, Jim. Then, like most guys who start to lose their hair, first Jim tried combing it this way or combing it that way. Then he tried wearing a baseball cap for a while. Then, after realizing it was a losing battle, he shaved it all off. Some of my favorite moments of old Jim were in New Orleans for Katrina, where he was hanging on for dear life at an intersection, which, by the way, is a very breezy intersection every day due to its proximity to the river and the angles of the buildings, which create a funnel effect. And Jim was hanging on for dear life. Behind him across the street was an elderly couple holding an umbrella, walking by as if nothing major was happening. I heard rumors that sometimes he had fans set up off camera to blow wind on him, but that was never proven. But I do remember one time where he was kneeling in a ditch to make it appear that there was flood water rising, but another cameraman caught the cameraman standing on the dry ground side of the ditch. Anything to sell batteries at Home Depot, right? Anything to sell flashlights? Now back to my original premise for the story. It's extremely difficult for me to believe that Jim Cantori does not know these things are being said about him by his colleagues, former co-workers, viewers, you know, just plain old observant folk like you and me. Can he be that ignorant to these things being said about him? Or is his ego that massive that he sits back and looks up at all the little people out here and says, they're just jealous that they're not me. Perhaps there are enough weather geeks out there who actually do follow and adore and even worship Jim Cantori. Perhaps someone made t-shirts with Jimmy's picture and sold him at a Comic-Con event and he feeds off of that following. So maybe he thinks nobody else matters. Perhaps he turned a blind eye or a deaf ear to the ridicule years ago. Or perhaps he's more like Screech or Urkel. He'd rather be famous for his comedic blunders than just another nobody doing the weather. Remember in junior high or high school that one kid who had the ill-fitting clothing, the really geeky glasses, the runny nose, the nasally voice, the know-it-all attitude, and he was shorter than the rest of the class? And he thought he was smart because he wore glasses, but he really wasn't that smart. He wasn't athletic. In other words, the other boys would rather have picked the janitor or the cafeteria lady to be on their team instead of this kid. Well, those kids grow up and become something. When a person who suffers from Napoleon complex grows up, they either strive for excellence in their field so that they can obtain some sense of power and lord it over the taller people who work for them, or they fade into obscurity and allow their stature to define who and what they are. I guess kudos should go to Jim Cantori for achieving some level of success and pseudo-fame in his profession. I remember seeing Jim on the beach in Florida a couple of days before a storm a few years back, and he was doing that 360 head scan to make sure as many people as possible would recognize him. I remember hearing a bunch of beachgoers say, hey, that's Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. I guess this area is going to be devastated. I actually walked up to a beaming Jim Cantori who was obviously happy that people recognized him. I looked down at his smiling face. I shook his hand and said, good to see you again, Jim. That was it. I walked away. A quick look over my shoulder told me he had no idea who the hell I was. And guess what? I was okay with that. But he 
was happy because someone recognized him. Part of waking up is listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is not a cup of coffee. When a Republican says the word black or makes any comment whatsoever about race, the left and the media will hang them crucify them, vilify them, and label them 100% racist. But when any Democrat, especially gropey Joe Biden, says direct racist comments, they generally get three things. Number one, a pass, a complete pass. Number two, a chance to, quote, walk it back, unquote. And three, a chance to explain their meaning to an audience who nods with approval no questions asked. Case in point, Joe Biden said back in May 2020 that if you still don't know whether you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Let's break this down a little further, shall we? First, bringing up how black a person is, is racist. Second, cultural appropriation of the you ain't black thing would crucify a Republican. Joe's supposed apology wasn't better. He said that he was trying to make a point that this man, Trump, has spent his entire career denigrating African Americans, continuing to denigrate them, he said, to do nothing but go after race and inflame it, or, you know, gasoline on the fire, Biden said. The pass comes in where Biden said, I shouldn't have said it, but there's a fundamental difference between Biden and Trump. And so Robin Roberts, the interviewer on GMA, waved her magic black power wand and all was forgiven by the entirety of the black community. Eh, wrong answer. Robin Roberts asked Kamala Harris about her prior comments about Biden's racism. And she said that Joe Biden will say black, black lives, lives matter. Contrary to what the president does. You know, Trump, racist Trump, he says things like, all lives matter, not just black ones. What a bunch of idiots. Speaking of idiots, NFL Commissioner Roger the Panderer Goodell issued a video proclaiming Black, black lives, lives matter, matter and said the NFL was wrong in shunning peaceful player protests of what he calls social injustice and police brutality. Of course, the double standard is alive and well because although Roger Goodell had an economically forced change of heart regarding Colin Kaepernick's pandering, Goodell and the league have yet to apologize for the screwing they gave Tim Tebow. You remember Tim Tebow. He took a knee to acknowledge God as being with him on the field, and they basically drummed him out of the league. You and your God are not welcome here. Now Kaepernick on the other knee, uh, excuse me, on the other hand, well, he's a whiny, disrespectful, subpar quarterback, half-white kid raised by rich, white elite parents, a man whose fro caused half of the nation 
to shake their heads in disgust as he disrespected every member of the military, every police officer, whoever served this nation, whoever died for this nation, whoever did anything worthy of respect. And Roger Goodell is a pandering pussy willow and said recently, quote, the first thing I'd say is I wish we had listened earlier, Cap, for what you were kneeling about and what you were trying to bring attention to, unquote. Goodell says this is not about the flag. Bullshit, Mr. Goodell. There's a reason that my money and many American citizens' money will no longer be spent on NFL-related garbage. The double standard can continue, just not on my television screen. From the ABB files, that's animals behaving badly, in Kenosha, Wisconsin over the weekend, violent protests caused cops to deploy tear gas to quell riots and demonstrations after a man was reportedly shot by cops in the city. Officers received a call on their radios to respond to what was described as a domestic incident. A video posted on social media appears to show the shooting of a man from across the street. Three officers could be seen shouting and pointing their weapons at a man as he walked around the front of a parked SUV. And as the man opened the driver's side door and leaned inside, one officer grabbed his shirt from behind and then fired into the vehicle. Seven total shots were heard on the video, though it was unclear if more than one officer had fired his weapon. By late Sunday, multiple vehicles were set ablaze and windows were smashed along city thoroughfares as crowds faced off with law enforcement. Officers in riot gear stood in lines and SWAT vehicles remained on the streets to move people away from city buildings despite the declaration of an overnight curfew. Tear gas was used to disperse groups of people, according to reporters on the scene. Now, let me break this down for you for just a moment. When an officer tells you to stop, turn around, and put your hands in the air, he's not doing that because he just don't care. He's doing that because he wants to make sure your stupid ass does not have a gun that you will point at him and kill him. Officers are allergic to bullets as well. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When a cop tells you to put your hands in the air, he's not doing it for shits and grins. He's doing it to make sure your sorry ass is not holding a gun or reaching for a gun or a bat or a knife. He's ordering you to put your hands where he can see them for your protection and for his own protection. Your stupidity in failing to follow the direct orders of a law enforcement officer can and will get your sorry ass dead. When a cop says to stop and put your hands in the air, it does not mean you continue to walk away. It does not mean you walk around your vehicle. It does not mean you open the door. It does not mean you reach inside. That will get your ass dead. But the pandering Democrat Governor Tony Evers condemned the shooting of the man by late Sunday, multiple vehicles were set ablaze and windows were smashed. Officers in riot gear were trying to get people off the streets after a curfew was declared, which means all of the protesters, the rioters, were also violating the law. I have zero sympathy, zero empathy, zero sorrow for the dead criminal. He is dead because he did things to cause himself to become dead, period. I have zero respect for the governor of Wisconsin because the man has no balls, none. 
I'm sure if they did a, an x-ray of full body MRI, they would not find ball one in the governor. If this criminal had reached successfully into the SUV and pulled out a gun and killed the cop, the governor would not have made any statements about the criminal killing a cop. Not one word would you hear. When animals start listening and following lawful instructions, then people won't be killed as often by the police. I invite the governor to ride along on just one of these incidents, put himself in the shoes of the cop just once, see what these animals are doing out in the real world, away from fundraisers and cocktail parties and charity galas and other high society events that governors attend. I invite the governor to see what's actually happening in the streets by the lawless, the disrespectful, the animals, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, or otherwise, it doesn't matter. If you are a criminal and you do stupid criminal stuff, you will pay stupid criminal prices, period. Animals behaving badly. Governor Evers said, I have said all along that we must offer our sympathy. Equally important is our action. In the coming days, we will demand just that of elected officials in our state who have failed to recognize the racism in our state and our country for far too long. That, my friends, is how you pander to the 13%. Never call out a criminal for being a criminal. Holy crap. That, my friends, is how you kiss a community's ass for votes. If I was a cop there, I'd be finding another line of work. Let the animals kill each other off. Home Depot's hiring, Lowe's is hiring, Walmart is hiring. There are lots of rich folks also looking for trained security. There's a rumor running around the internet that says if there's no clear winner in the November election for president, naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi, the pill popper, Speaker of the House, will put down her bottle and become the temporary president. Yeah, it's not exactly correct. Only 538 people actually vote directly for the president and vice president. These presidential electors make up what's known as the Electoral College, something the Democrats have been trying to eliminate for years. The number of electors each state gets is equal to the seats in the U.S. House plus two for its U.S. Senators. California, of course, has the most for 55. Seven of the most sparsely populated states and the D.C. have three each. Before the election, each state political party chooses a slate of people to act as presidential electors if its candidate wins. So when voters go to the polls, they're actually choosing between different slates of electors, not the president and vice president directly. In the 48 states in Washington, D.C., the popular vote determines which slate of electors is chosen, winner take all. In Maine and Nebraska, some electors are chosen in individual congressional districts, some by statewide votes. A total of 33 states require electors to vote for the winner of the popular vote, and the U.S. Supreme Court in July upheld state laws that prohibit what are known as faithless electors who refuse to vote for the popular winner at the Electoral College. The electors meet in December to cast their votes, which are tabulated before a joint session of Congress on January 6th, the day the actual presidential votes are counted. Now, what if there's no clear winner in the Electoral College vote? The Constitution provides that answer. The House chooses the president with each state, not each member, casting a single vote. The Senate chooses the vice president. 
Under the Constitution, the four-year terms for president and vice president end on January 20th, period. If Congress is unable to choose the winners by then, the Presidential Succession Act kicks in. First in line to serve as acting president would be the House Speaker, now Nancy Pelosi, followed by the President Pro Tem of the Senate, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, followed by members of the Cabinet. But Nancy and Chuck might be very reluctant to accept the role because they would be then required to resign from Congress in order to take the position and could only serve as temporary president until Congress finally decides who the president actually will be. Hmm, might be worth a two-day delay to put Nancy in as the temporary president for two days so that she would have to resign as the Speaker of the House. And what Truth Hurts program would be complete without a mention of the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus 2019. A wedding reception in Millinocket, Maine has been linked to 53 confirmed coronavirus cases, according to the Maine Center for Disease Control and Prevention. That number includes a woman who did not attend the event, but died Friday. Officials believe she was later infected with COVID-19 from a guest 65 people went to the August 7th reception, which was largely indoors, according to Maine's CDC director, Nirav Shah. Shah said the venue, Big Moose Inn, exceeded the state's limit on indoor gathering, which is 50 people. The median age of known infected people in this outbreak is 42, but there's a wide range from four years old to 78. Most of the people reported symptoms about four days after the reception, but 13% were roughly asymptomatic. It's not the first time a celebration has been associated with a somber, if not lethal, outcome. In May, a birthday party in Pasadena, California made national headlines when it was linked to the infection of at least five people, several of whom became seriously ill. The outbreak is thought to have started with a person who attended the party without a face mask while coughing, officials said. She was joking with people at the birthday party, said Lisa Derdurian, a spokeswoman for Pasadena. She said, I might have COVID-19, and lo and behold, she did. In Millinocket, Maine, it's unclear whether guests wore masks. Nearly half, 23 of the cases linked to the wedding or among people who did not attend, according to the press herald. Efforts to identify those who came into contact with infected people are underway. In general, contact tracing in the U.S. isn't going well. The New York Times reported last month, in many scenarios, the virus is running rampant ahead of investigators' efforts. In others, delays in getting back test results in turn delay infected people from staying home. But not a single case of COVID-19 has been traced to one single solitary protest or riot or march or act of anarchy. Isn't that amazing? Not one. This is truly a very smart virus. I must say, not one single solitary case has been linked to a protest or a riot. Hmm. Kind of makes you wonder. 
That'll do it for this morning edition of The Truth Hurts for Monday, August 24th, 2020. If you're along the Gulf of Mexico, get ready for two really non-event kinds of tropical storms and hurricanes. They both look to be washes. And so to my insurance adjuster and construction friends, maybe next time. Sometimes, boys and girls, the truth hurts. Music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in the Bayou in association with Steve Knight Productions. We'll see you next time. those thoughts that are eating away at your brains? Steve Z is letting them out. Refreshing, isn't it? This is the Truth Hurts program. The Truth Hurts program can be found on the following platforms. Spotify, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Google Play Music, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and other platforms. Simply search The Truth Hurts Steve Z to hear us anytime, on demand. I can just see this school year with children having to wear masks, and it's going to sound something like this. Hey teacher, Timmy is using his mask as a slingshot. Um, um, I got boogers in my mask. Can I get another one? Hey, my mask makes a cool hat. Look, I painted my mask with ketchup. Whee! Whee! I can twirl my mask in the air like a helicopter. I put a hole in my mask to drink my milk with my straw. Johnny's wearing his mask like a diaper. Ew! Tyler popped his ear thingy on his mask. Make Susie stop wearing her mask on her ears. Teacher, my mask fell in the potty. Jody put soap on her mask and now she's blowing bubbles. Can I try? Look, I can spit through my mask. How come her mask is pretty and mine is just plain? Tommy drew a dog on his mask and now it looks like it's pooing. Ew! Tell Marley that my mask does not have cooties on it. You see, I can't eat with my mask on. Joey's got a brown stain on his mask. Ew, he must have wiped it on his butt. Is it okay if we trade masks at recess time? My mask is better than your mask. My mask is better than your mask. Because you're a poo-poo head. Listening to the Truth Hurts program is the highlight of my day. Okay, it really is not. But that's what Steve Z told me to say. I am not oppressed because I am a computer. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. 
Hopefully, we've provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is the Truth Hurts Program. <laughs>